The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to I Hate Gold, a brand new show that has absolutely no affiliation with I Love Gold. Uh, I am your host, Tyler Brooke, brought, uh, joined alongside uh, the creator of I Hate Gold, uh, Chris Burke, and special guest, Paul Noonan. Uh, let's start with Chris. How are you doing, man? You doing okay? Uh, vibes are bad. Um, you know, it's, it sucks that it had to end that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's onward and upward or maybe onward and downward. I don't know what it's going to be a long off season, but uh, yeah, we're definitely, uh, yeah, vibes are not good. Um, I can very much say a, um, there is definitely a, pardon the pun, Paul, but there's a bad Paul over the uh, Northeastern Wisconsin after this uh, heartbreaking loss. Uh, Paul, you were at the game. How are you doing? How was the game in person? Uh, and then I got a question for both of you after that. Uh, I mean, I'm fine. And it's especially disappointing. This should have been one of those magical Lambeau field wins. Uh, you had snow rolling in the second half. It was quite beautiful, actually. The atmosphere around the stadium was really good. And, uh, you know, they, they really should have won the game. Um, it also, uh, I know it looked good on TV, but it wasn't actually that cold. It, it uh, I've been to... Much colder games. Uh, both of the Giants playoff games were much colder than this. There wasn't much wind, and it shouldn't have been that bad for offense. Like it, we should not have had the rock fight that we had either. So um, it's uh, it's really unfortunate that we're going to have to memory hold this one instead of celebrating it because it should have been one that's sold the people on DVDs um, after the season's over. Yeah, I feel that way. Uh, to be completely honest with the audience, I wrote nothing down for this. Chris and I just said, why don't we just have a group therapy session? I invited other Acme packing staff to join on at any point during this. Uh, not sure if we'll get anyone, but I figured I'd extend the invitation, but we're obviously happy to have Paul here. Uh, first question I want to ask you guys, how are you coping? Because I think that's important right now. For me personally, I am literally just spending a bunch of time on mock drafts. And then uh, I definitely dove into the salary cap. So not great. <laughs> so for, for me, it's kind of been, you know, I've been coping pretty well. Um, the reason I wasn't on the show for a couple of weeks is I actually had COVID um, knocked, me, knocked me through a loop a little bit. So I'm just glad to be back up and running a little bit. Um, so that's definitely helped, you know, trying to get caught up on work. It's definitely been able to keep me, you know, on the day job, it's been able to keep me on my toes. Um, we've been through this enough that, you know, you're numb for about 24 hours, but then, you know, I, the gallows humor me kind of took it into, you know, the Packers are very well possibly staring into a full rebuild, despite what Matt LaFleur just said in his press conference. 
Um, I, I kind of think that's kind of exciting in a way, but I know it's probably going to be terrible as far as product quality, but I think they, you know, a rebuild, at least, you know, it's, it's something new. It's something to look forward to, even though it's probably going to be extremely painful in the short term. Oh, that's so ugly. Um, I watched the <laughs> game again. That's my therapy. Um, oh, and no. Tr- just trying to identify all the things that went wrong that, that could have gone right and they would have won the game. And uh, I, I get over losses pretty quickly. I, I don't care that much. I'll get onto the off season soon as well. But uh, I, I'm not looking forward to rebuilding. And uh, whatever Matt says is, even if, they, even if Aaron comes back, which I, he won't, but even if he would, they're going to be so stripped on depth that they're, they'll be paper tigers that like best case scenario for the Packers next year. Absolute best case scenario is that they run away with the garbage division that they play in um, and then get just blown out in the playoffs by a team that's actually rather well. So that's not good. There's no good options here. I'm not looking forward to any of it. And uh, I hope that they find another good quarterback very, 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 very soon. Lamar Jackson, 2023, just to spoke it into existence. <laughs> when, was, when was the last time the Packers actually had a rebuild? I'm genuinely curious on this. I would have to say, you know, I keep going back to 2005 after Ted Thompson's first year, although they were back two years after that. Um, you know, this, the most recent one when they, you know, they had the championship in 16, but they had two rough years. I mean, a full-blown rebuild would probably have to be when Ron Wolf came in uh, that beginning. But again, it was a quick turnaround. You know, they were climbing a couple of years, but, you know, they were ascending. You know, they didn't just, boom, make it to the championship. But uh, I'd have to say that's as far back as I can think of because I was born in 83, and that was really my first football memory of the Packers. Yeah, that's probably 2005 is about right. Um to, to some extent, the Packers have really never had a rebuild just because the 80s were such a different time. You didn't really rebuild. You just sucked. Um, that's, <laughs> you know, they were you, you can say that the 80s were just a, a, the decade of the rebuild because that's kind of what it was. Um, and once they got far of a step, you know, you, you kind of just reload when you actually have a good quarterback. You don't do the full tear down, lose on purpose thing. So they've kind of never actually done one. Um, it's a uh, it's, it's weird to contemplate, but that's kind of the history of the franchise. Yeah, so, you know, the thing with, you know, we, everybody's worried about another, you know, dark era coming for the Packers, you know, like another, maybe not as long as the 1980 stretch. Free agency wasn't around then. It was a different league. Uh, droughts don't usually go that long outside of poverty franchises, it's like to say, between Detroit and, you know, Washington. Um, so I, I think, you know, if there, if there is a stretch of a rebuild here, I don't know how long it's going to, hopefully it'll be. Oh, Chris, yeah, you mean, hopefully oh, yeah. so, but yeah, uh, it's just, um, it, it's a, it's bad to go into this territory because you don't know what you can count on. Um, it, it, and yes, people don't go that long without making the playoffs, but if you don't have the quarterback, that is very, very transitory. Like it, it's, it's oh, one yeah. of those things oh, where yeah, for sure. it's, it's nice to be able to make the playoffs every year, which, unless Aaron gets hurt, you kind of can with the Packers. And that's true of any team with a good quarterback. Like Tom Brady will miss the playoffs every, you know, once in a blue moon, but basically never. Um, Whereas if you have teams with like, you know, a a good sort of around them with a mediocre quarterback, it doesn't work as well. You miss the playoffs half the time. It's not as good. Um, You you don't have legitimate Super Bowl opportunities. That's kind of the whole game. So uh, exiting that window is somewhat disappointing. 
And uh, they should put all their focus into creating a new one that's similar, hopefully with a less crazy asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was yeah, going to ask you. Yeah, the intangibles were definitely a minus on, at least this year, as far as the quarterback, for sure. Well, I was going to ask this question, so I guess Paul already answered it. Uh, I was going to ask it a little bit later, but we can get into it now. Um, do you even want Rodgers back? Like, you know, off, uh, you know, possibilities aside or anything like that, do you just want to embrace the love slash rebuild era or do you want to find some way, even with all the off-field stuff aside, do you want one more year to somehow make it work with, you know, potentially an inferior product? Oh, I want one more year for sure. Um, it's just not a good year to – um, I, I don't see a lot of good quarterbacks on the horizon in college. I don't think the Packers can get themselves into a position to take in the near term. Uh, and so I am totally with uh, for bringing Rodgers back and extending the window, even if it is the paper tiger window, like maybe you get in the playoffs and people get hurt and you get a puncher's chance. Maybe they draft somebody that is an actual like first year difference maker, like Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, those things happen once in a while. It's not like it's impossible, but it, like if it's Jordan Love next year, They'll, they'll suck if they go for a up gap. I think um, LaFleur in this crappy division can get like a seven and nine, maybe even nine and seven team. And that's not good enough to draft a difference making quarterback that puts you in NFL purgatory. Um, so like I, I, I want them to, if they can extend the window, they absolutely should do it. I, I don't really care that he's a crazy psycho. Like Brett Favre is an asshole too. And a lot, <laughs> honestly, like a lot of professional athletes are assholes. And um, it's best if you don't know that, but um, it is what it is. So, you know, unless the person is a, unless it's a violent defender, I don't care that much. Um, yeah, so that's, that's fine. Fair. Bring him back. Try one more time. Chris, what about yeah, you? Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I would agree with that. Um, you know, obviously my preference, if Rogers does want to come back and the Packers can trade him and get some assets, you know, to maybe build up the team, you know, this year is probably like Paul said, not the year to get us back in terms of the draft, but, I think, you know, I'll take him back for one more year if, if they can make it work. It's gonna it's probably gonna come at the expense of Devontae Adams, but I think, you know, as far as a you know I think I it probably would be for the best because I think we're I defended the love pick when it was first made, thinking, you know, the kid had arm talent, but what we've seen so far, I'm not I'm not buying it. So I think uh, one more year I think is a stopgap I think would work. So to be clear, he's not coming back without Devontae Adams. That is and not I think happen. So I they got to get them both back. I think neither of them coming back. Like, I think that's the consensus, yeah, right? But to your guys' yeah, point, it's gonna, like, it's going to be a both or none. But yeah, I, you know, I, I can't see number wise how they make that work unless Devontae takes a one year deal knowing for this is it. That's the only way I can see that happening. Or he plays under the, under the tag. I don't know. I, I get where you guys are saying about the wanting of the one year. And, you know, my concern with that is if he does retire the year after and you have to rebuild from that after moving. I think I saw a number, uh, Ken Engeln said something. They moved 50 million of the 2021 cap over to 2022. That is a, uh, that's right. That is a brutal yeah. number. And if you try to do that again for a second straight year and then Rogers retires and you get no draft capital out of a potential trade, that's where the rebuild becomes a huge uphill climb. And I think that's the argument against it, which it's what I'm leaning towards, mostly because I'm you know completely biased towards being pro draft. I love the draft. I grew up in the Thompson era where you develop draft picks. And even if it's not the perfect you know way to go about managing a team, uh, you know, that's where you can rebuild quickly. I mean, look at the Bengals. You find a good quarterback and hit on a couple draft picks and you're playing in a championship game 
even if your right guard and right tackle have a personal vendetta against your quarterback. So, you know, there is the potential for a pretty quick window. I'm just worried about what happens if that, you know, you know, he does come back another year, which again, I don't think happens. Yep. I don't think it happens either. Yeah, I, so I'm, I'm betting I, I, against it. Yeah. We got to talk yeah, about, I, Nathan- I, would, I would agree with that. We got to talk about Nathaniel Hackett as well, um, simply because that's what this show is named after. Um, Gold Zone, you know, it was his big thing. Sounds like uh, he is in Denver as we are recording right now. Um, that doesn't, it sounds like he's going to be the head coach of the Broncos. And I'm just curious what your guys' thoughts are. I don't feel like it's going to have a big impact on the offense with him leaving, but I'm just curious for your guys' thoughts. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to have that much of an impact either. He's not the play caller. Um, as Justice likes to say, he's a, you know, with Matt LaFleur calling plays, it's more quality control and position coach at that point. But I have a big play, a part of the uh, gold zone and uh, red zone game planning. But, you know, that obviously didn't pan out well this year. So I don't think it's going to be much of an impact. The Packers have in-house options, you know, with Luke Getze and uh, Adam Stenovich. So I don't, I don't see that affecting the offense much at all. I mean, good for Hackett. Terrific guy. I uh, wish him well in Denver, but uh, I don't see that's going to have a huge impact on what the Packers do. I'll still be surprised if he actually gets hired. I saw that they got picked up personally, so I get it. But I don't know if hires an offensive coordinator for a head coach where the head coach is calling plays. Uh, like, uh, I would try and get that guy as an independent offensive coordinator first. That's That would be where I'd try and move if I was that. But yeah, it shouldn't matter that much. He's not the calling plays is the important thing uh, and he doesn't do it. So yeah, it (laughs) it shouldn't have that big of an impact. It's fine. I buy into, I definitely part of a lore. It's try unless they're trying to lure Rogers over there somehow, some way, but I don't, that is a, that's a stupid move by the Broncos to try to hire a coach to woo one quarterback is if you don't land Rogers, what are you going to do? Are you get playing Teddy Bridgewater again? I don't see how that, Works that, out in their favor. This is exactly what they did last year on draft day. They thought we're going to land Aaron Rodgers somehow, and then they just kind of yep. panicked on their picks. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't count it against them. I definitely buy into the tinfoil hat theory that this is why they're trying to bring in Hackett. It's like they're probably just continually asking questions in the interview. Like, so are you and Rodgers like really close? Are you kind of close? You guys hang out? <laughs> <laughs> it's, you can't, you can't rule it out because after the Broncos, you know, how they landed John El- or John, how John Elway, excuse me, landed Peyton Manning. You know, you can't rule it. You can't rule that out, so to speak. As crazy as batshit insane as that sounds, uh, you, they've done it before, so they could do it again in theory. <laughs> Let's say because Denver keeps being the popular one. As soon as anyone talks about a Rogers trade, Denver's the first team to come up. But where else do you guys realistically see? Rogers potentially landing because uh, one place I keep going back to is Philadelphia because they have a ton of draft capital. They have, a, uh, you know, some cap space. Uh, Howie Roseman's a pretty ag- aggressive GM. Uh, where else are you guys thinking, or do you think Philadelphia has any uh, validity? So I think Philadelphia and Miami are both plausible options um, kind of for similar reasons. I just think the problem with that is we, we did learn in last year's trauma what his preferred options are. And it's not like Rodgers can officially veto anything, be a giant pain in the ass. And he can, uh, you know, for any trade, he can be, I think, a big enough pain in the ass to hurt the return or scuttle it all together just by lack of commitment to wherever it is he ends up. Um, You know, it's one thing if you're getting Rodgers for the twilight of his career 
you know, projecting him to play into his early 40s and getting maybe three years out of him versus if he is a Brett Favre style Merck for a year for the Jets. That is a, a whole different thing. And, uh, you know, he has expressed an interest in going to California or Denver. And California teams are pretty well set on quarterback unless you get maybe Trey Lance back somehow. Um, but uh, it kind of looks like it's Denver or bust to me unless they want to settle for less or unless one of those two teams is convinced that they can um, you know, make it worth as well to be there. Um, I, I don't see it happening, though. I think he's set on where he wants to be, and it's not Philadelphia for sure. <laughs> so, Tyler, are you floating those out there then to counter that? Are you floating that kind of as are the Packers going to get either Jalen Hurts or, God forbid, Tua back in a, as a return in a trade? I'm not thinking about quarterbacks, to be completely honest, but, you know, you'd, I think you'd theoretically <laughs> have to get one of them back, right? Uh you'd have to. Yeah. I don't like hearing that to be completely honest. You know, I just see draft picks and then like my eyes kind of just glaze over and I'm like, give me, if Carson Wentz can go for a first rounder, I I need to see what the the pet trade package is for Rogers. Give me, uh, give me draft picks and Gardner Minshew back. And I can work wonders with that. (laughs) Okay. Ooh. Okay. We've been talking about stopgap quarterbacks like all day, just brainstorming them. I said Marcus Mariota. We threw out a couple of names. Someone said Derek. Chris said Derek Carr, and I wanted to fight him. Uh, I actually really like the idea of Gardner Minshew. And that that probably actually would be a good idea. Carr, I think Tyler and I will fight if we ever meet in person. But I, <laughs> I could see Derek Carr actually playing well under Matt Lafleur. But um, you know, as far as the stopgap, Minshew would be the one. But I mean, let's. We're dancing around a little bit here. If Jordan Love isn't ready to go this year, he's not going to be ready to go. Yep. Um, so if they're going to think of a veteran quarterback in at this point, I think they're ready to cut bait on Jordan Love. Um, so that's if the what if they do trade Rodgers, what they get in return is going to be extremely telling on what they think of number ten. Uh, Matt Lafleur said some pretty damning stuff in his goodbye interview or press conference today. <laughs> Hold on, let me find the quote because Reiner Archon said something. Um, he said, we, uh, Matt LaFleur said, we want to win a lot of football games. And for that to happen, Rodgers needs to be here. Like, you really did just oh, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I missed that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get what he's saying, but at the same time, any press conference where LaFleur has ever talked about Jordan Love has been less than optimistic. Um, I do like the idea of no safety net, throw him out there to the wolves. Like, it's, it's you know, is it your time to prove yourself or we're going to move on? Um, well, that's option there that that'll get you another yeah, quarterback that. and Jordan, <laughs> yeah. Jordan Love is probably the best way to get a better quarterback um on your team but it won't be named Jordan Love I I love the uh someone he literally just texted me and he's like I know you don't like Jordan Love but what if he's just good can we just can we just like he's envision not- I know, I know. <laughs> Can we just envision a world where he has a drastically improved offseason? What does it look like if Jordan Love is legitimately good next year? <laughs> he's, throwing, um, he's, he's, he's throwing balls off a bootleg that actually to it instead of looking like a wet noodle. Um, for one thing, I just I don't understand. He's got the arm talent, but he's not he, he's not using it. It's just stuff's coming. Like he's over, he's overthinking his footwork. He's overthinking his accuracy. I, I don't understand, Paul. I know you've got some thoughts. Well, I mean, it, if here's what it looks like if he's good next year. They've invented a new kind of offense that um, that works even when the quarterback is terrible. That's what it looks like. Um, <laughs> so he he is um, he's just not going to. 
okay. There's a puncher's chance he's good. He throws the ball hard. They're running some kind of crazy read offense, like the what worked, like a Greg Roman thing that works for a year and people figure it out and then doesn't work anymore. Maybe, but he's not that kind of quarterback. Like he he's not as mobile as a lot of those guys are. He's he's a good but not great athlete. He's not good at throwing on the run. He's not good at pocket either. But he's not good at throwing on the run. Um, so like uh, it would take a drastic um upgrade in Jordan, like an unprecedented more than Josh Allen level up play quality. If that happens, everybody should poach the Packers quarterbacks coach immediately. Um, <laughs> although if, if it was going to, if it was going to happen, it should have already happened for that very reason. So um, I, I don't know. I mean, if it, if he is good next year, fine, great. I'll, I'll eat crow on it, but he has shown literally no signs of being any good at professional football at all so far. Let's, let's take a quick little break. I got a couple more questions for these guys uh, after the break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, we're back. I want to try, you know, you know let, let's start some things with a little bit more optimism. Um, let's start with the bears coaching search. How about that? Doesn't that sound like a little bit of fun? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Amen>. good, yes. <laughs> oh, so I think the most recent news, I think we finally got the finalists that they're considering, uh, on that list includes Matt Eberflus from the Colts, uh, who seems to be the hot ca- favorite candidate from what I've heard, um, defensive coordinator for the saints, Dennis Allen, um, Leslie Frazier is on there as well. And then former Colts head coach, Jim Caldwell. And all I'm thinking about is reading this is this just screams. Bill Polian is pushing guys that he or that coach for teams. He like worked for and that no one else knows any better. That's in a position of power. So they're just kind of rolling with that. You always want to yeah, sign your like- head coach before you pick your general manager. That's that is the preferred way of doing things right Uh, out of my mouth (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it um first of all like this is very fair um everybody they're considering is essentially a defensive mind of some kind um it it, i feel like bill polian walked into virginia's office and was just like here's what you need to do to get bear football back to build up another strong defense blah 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 and threw a lot of these at her and that's what they're now enamored with like this is this is not modern at all. Like you want a good offensive mind. You have a young quarterback. What are you doing? And also you, your account, your coach is accountable to the general manager. If you hire the general manager second, 
The coach isn't accountable to the general manager. The coach is accountable to ownership. You can't do that. It is very bare. They get backwards and stupid every single time, and they're going to mess it up. There's like no way they can't mess it up at this point. So uh, it's great to see, but uh, it's, it's asinine. The worst part is that they were on record saying that, you know, they wanted to hire a GM first. And I've heard like two names they've interviewed for GMs, including guys that have turned it down on record. Like that's just kind of amazing when you're dealing with this head coaching search. Cause again, the only guy in the room, in the interviews that has like actual football experience is Bill Polian, who you know, as great as he was 20 years ago uh, is now to the point where he says that Lamar Jackson play wide receiver is coming out with hot takes like this. Um, Something something's fishy there, man. Chris, what do you think? I have officially added the Bears to my list of poverty franchise. There we go. There's no reason. There is no reason that this should be for that to happen. I'm just I'm afraid, you know, and Paul and I talked I just, Paul Paul and I talked about this after the draft this year that Justin Fields seemed like one of those prospects that can't be that can't be broken. I think I I Paul, I don't want to speak for you, but I actually think that they're gonna screw this up. Justin Fields falls into their lap. And the Bears are crapping all over themselves in the search. I think that's going to, they're going to be looking for a quarterback again. Or just, uh, I don't know if you agree or not, but this doesn't hold well for that rookie. Uh, yeah, it's not a good fit. Um, uh, for one thing, the one thing you don't want to do to your rookie quarterbacks above all else is get them killed. Uh, Justin Fields does hold the ball a long time. He is trying to make plays and they're, Offensive line doesn't do him any favors. Their play calling doesn't do him any favors. He got just destroyed in his rookie year. It's a good thing he didn't start the whole season because he would have gotten David Card, and that will pretty much always end your your career. Um, but uh, they're going to screw this up. They, they have no prospects for good quarterback development. They don't have anything to put around him. The Bears are not, they're not in the Packers cap situation, but they can't go and get impact people to help it. And uh, they're not going to draft well because they never draft well. They, they, by the way, they're not going to draft well, mostly because they only have two picks in the top four uh, rounds of, of this draft on account of trading stuff for people. Um, so he's going to be out there thrown to the wolves with new coach, no help and uh, just a terrible um, atmosphere for development. Somebody should go steal him out away from the bears because uh, they are going to break him. Brian Dable is going to be a head coach after this coaching cycle. Like that's almost a guarantee at this point, especially after that Bill's performance. Did they interview him at all? What did that interview go like to the point where you're not considering Pullian worked for the bills? Like, don't you have any loyalty to that team too? Like, why are you not looking at this guy that built Josh Allen from the super raw prospect into the superstar? Uh, when you have an athletic gifted quarterback, like Justin Fields, I just don't understand it. And that, part above all else when you're looking at all these interview candidates is what drives me nuts. Yeah, I, I don't understand that either. It, you know, Josh Allen was one of those quarterbacks that we knew was going to, was a project when they took him and look what he's become. He's probably the, one of the most entertaining quarterbacks, not named Patrick Mahomes in the league. Um, he, I don't understand that hire either. I think that would be a perfect fit in Chicago, but uh, you expect the Bears to do the smart thing. Uh, that's, that's foolish on your part. You know, people have to be willing to go there, too. Um, and let's not discount the damage that the George McCaskey end-of-season interview may have done <laughs> to the desirability of being with the franchise. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you go there, you're ultimately accountable to that guy. And that's just not an attractive place for anybody who is um, looking to like enhance their career. It's a good place to go if you are um, an unknown up-and-comer that needs to make a name for himself. That's what you get if you're the Bears, and that's... Uh, you're not going to get top talent that can pick where they go. 
right before recording this, I just got out of a job interview and I won't say where, but like, I'm just trying to imagine being in a job interview where the like person I'm talking with is like, well, let me see what mother thinks. And they'd be like, I'm, I'm sorry. What did you just say? Yep. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm, 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 I thought I was interviewing with the Chicago bears, not the Bates motel. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was good. Uh, I only got two more questions for you guys. Um, first off, who do you guys think is going to win the NFC North next year? The winner is going to be probably <laughs> seven and nine. And I think it might be green Bay. <laughs> I'll, I will actually, it's still, it's a disaster division. I'll take the Vikings um, who I think yeah. will not screw up their search as much as the bears and have at least some decent underlying talent. Not great. They have a lot of problems, but uh, I'll, I will roll with them as the, uh, the, the semi-competent franchise in the division. It's so going to be, do we, do we think her cousins is going to be back? Probably. Uh, I mean, he's getting paid $45 million somewhere, and uh, it's hard to find another place that will pay him $45 million, yeah, I so think, I yeah. think he'll be back. All right, guys, I'm just going to go. I'm going to say the Detroit Lions because this entire division's an absolute mess, and I don't know why. I don't have any really good reasons for it, but it's going to be so terrible, and they ha- you know, they played so close this year. If you can get some more talent in- on that team, who knows? I genuinely don't know. At this point, the NFC North is so bad. Uh, Anything can happen. Uh, you guys are welcome to call me crazy. No, I, I thought about Detroit too, just because how close they came. And if they can get, Jared, you know, if they need to upgrade the quarterback or get more, a little more consistency out of Jared, very well could. But when eight and eight is easily probably going to win the division, I Detroit very easily could win it. I wouldn't be. I mean, it's their year if they're going to do it this early. So yeah. Why not? Uh, one last question for you guys. Obviously, you know. I spent, I uh, could not sleep. And then the next morning spent a lot of time messing with the cap, looking at all the unrestricted free agents and everyone who's likely going to leave, get cut, everything like that. Who is one player you would like to see come back? And, you know, obviously make sure you factor for like contract extension, restructure, anything like that. I guess Razul probably would be my pick. Um, he is unfortunately. I mean, if we're going for we're leaving, like free agents, he's going to get paid. But I, I, while the market for him, I think, will be good, I don't think it'll be great. So um, I would like to take another chance on him. And yeah, but but here's the thing with their cap, I don't think they're going to be aligned. Like, <laughs> so um, I'm I'm really not sure because of because of that. Um, but but uh, all things considered, I think there's at least a puncher's chance they could have him come back. I was going to say Rasul as well, but for the sake of adding another name, I'm going to go with MVS just because you saw how important he was to the offense. Um, not saying he needs big money extension, but I would like to at least see him back just because I think, you know, he put what he allows the offense to do. You know, you saw, you saw what happened when he's not in there. They don't, they don't respect the deep game nearly as much outside of number 17. So having MVS in there, I think would be helpful. Uh, definitely showed flashes this year, showed improvement, but uh, I would, I'd like to see him back. I feel bad. Oh, looks like Paul is out. Paul, thanks for joining us so much. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, and take care. Um, the, I feel bad for MVS, man. Um, that one stings just because at the beginning of the year, you know, he's on a contract year and people are very excited. Um, you know, he, everyone's expecting big things. It's a potential cash in. Not only was he hurt, just couldn't produce that much. That's really unfortunate. Uh, I feel bad for him. If I, if I have to go with anyone, uh, I'm just looking here. Oh my gosh. 
it's it's so hard to look at this and see everyone that's leaving. Yeah. Uh, pain, give, pain. Give me give me Tunyon. I know that's a weird one, Ooh. but he coming off the ACL, uh, you know, he's likely not going to play the start of the year. But they are desperately going to need tight end help, especially if Mercedes Lewis retires, and they don't have anyone that's really a passing threat. Um, I would say give me him back. I think you can get him on a relatively cheap deal. Um, maybe two, two and a half million. Um, I don't know. I'm very curious to see it. Um, like I said, you know, if you go through and try and like finagle and figure out how to create cap space for this team right now, um, it hurts to, it hurts to look at, man. It's pretty rough. Pain. Pain. (laughs) Well, my zoom is on a timer for some reason. So, you know, I think we're going to have to wrap this up a little shorter than usual, usual um, for not having any notes, uh, the debut, obviously the debut and not the finale. This is not the finale of I love gold, but the debut of I hate gold went really well, Chris, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The th- their therapy is um, can be done in a lot of ways. And this, this was definitely needed. This was way cheaper than, you know, maybe more practical therapy. <laughs> I don't know. There's a very expensive bottle of liquor in my cabinet, but I, yeah, that, 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 that was more for celebration more than coping. But um, well, that, that that changed in a hurry, didn't it? Yeah, um, I like rebuilds, uh, at least for other teams. But now that it's my team, I'm like, oh no, this is going to be terrible. Uh, that being said, there's going to be a lot that could potentially happen in the next couple of months. So obviously, stay tuned, Daki Packing Company. Uh, make sure to check out Chris's article about the downfall of the Packers. Um, that thing kind of blew up, didn't it? It, it did. It did. Um, sad, but, uh, yeah, it's why it happened and there's, there's going to be more coming, but, uh, yep. yeah, that, that's, that stunk. <laughs> uh, I'm already all in on draft season. Like I said, I'm coping by mock drafts. So I will be trying to produce some draft content for Acme Packing Company, uh, up until the end of April. So uh, with that, we'll leave you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned for the feed the rest of the week. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot more group therapy with all of our other shows and looking forward to listening. Uh, thanks guys. <laughs>